Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Everybody, welcome back to Bat Force Radio, uh, DC Batman podcast with no limits, and we got another round of the stack this evening. This time for the books, the DC Comics uh, issues coming out on December Wednesday, December thirteenth, I believe. So make sure you guys go grab your comics and then uh, read them, and then listen to this because we're going to get into a bunch of spoilers. But uh, let's go and uh, go around the round table. I got Legends of Lego Batman over in Southern California. What's side? Uh, <laughs> we got Robin D. Cross up in Canada. North side. <laughs> and uh, I'm Bad Force Tom, also in Southern California. Um, we will hopefully be joined by the Trunkler himself a little bit later. Oh, that's that's on my Christmas wish list, right? So we got him last week on the on the uh, stack, and uh, he blew it up. He tackled every book. So um, Trunks is where it's at. And uh, we're just going to stall a little bit so we can hopefully get them on by the end. And then we're going to get some cameo appearances from uh, Little Legends of Lego Baby Batman uh, every once yep. in a while. But um, we were just saying, Legends, before you hopped on, that we should probably definitely cover uh, some Ace Comic... I think it's pronounced Ache or Ake Comic-Con. <laughs> um, I'm kind of a little, little weary on the pronunciation, but I'm assuming that's how it is. But uh, freaking never heard of Ace Comic-Con ever not once in my life, and then all of a sudden it's the biggest con at the end of the year, right? Right. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. They had a massive lineup, and it, uh... Was today the first day, or did it start yesterday? I feel like it like it started yesterday. It, and, it started yesterday. Yeah. Nuts. And, uh, I don't know if it was intentionally uh, on the same day as the naming, the ceremony naming uh, the street after Bill Finger. That's right. So in uh, Ache Comic Con was in New York or was it in New Jersey? Uh, Long Island, I believe. Ew. Um, <laughs> just kidding. For all our Long Island. That's listeners. racist. That's racist. <laughs> uh, but it's East Coast, and um, I mean, we got three dudes on the East Coast, and I think it definitely flew under their radar for sure. We were just saying that earlier too. Um, it, I, I heard nothing of it un- until like what. Uh, Grumpler was saying maybe two, three weeks ago, maybe, um, heard rumblings of it, but, uh, just going off the, the, <clears throat> the, the talent so far, uh, Henry Cavill was there, mm-hmm. is there, Gal Gadot is there, um, yeah. Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller, Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher, I don't know about Moa, was he there? I didn't see any. Maybe, of maybe not. But okay, that's just the, that's the movie. The so basically, the Justice League. Most of the Justice League is there. Batman is not there. But you got your Wonder Woman, you got your Superman, and your Flash for sure. I, 
Kevin Conroy was there, so, so Batman, Batman was there. Was technically there, yeah. So Batman, uh, Kevin Conroy's there. Um, and then you got like the heavy hitters of the DC Comics realm with uh, Scott Snyder was there. Um, yep. Jason, Jason Fabic. Fabic. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else? Yeah, uh, Momoa was there. He was? Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. everybody was there uh, except Ben. You go on Clay to... Mann was there. Uh, Liam Sharp was there. Neil Adams. Man. Yeah, if uh, if you go over to a Dat Nash cat on Instagram or Twitter, um, she's a good friend of ours who was in person and pretty much got to see and meet most of who we just mentioned right now, I think. And um, I, did you see that uh, Conroy signed the back of her jacket? Yep. Yeah, that was That's pretty cool. Very sick he, place to get a signature. He should he should have got her to sign. She should have got him to sign the front of her shirt. She was there when. <laughs> On her bat force shirt. I'm not going to hold it against her this time, but I'm definitely taking notes on it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm upset. I'm a, a little upset, but I'm, I'm trying not to be uh, selfish about it. But um, yeah, I mean that. I was trying very hard to convince myself to uh, do a one day turnaround and uh, try to make the event, but I don't think that the uh, missus would have went for it. Nuts. That would have been pretty nuts. Uh, but worth it, I would say. I mean. You look at her stories alone, and it's whoa, 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 right? She's, you're basically checking off pit list if you go to that con for a lot of people that you had not seen. Dude, imagine imagine just getting all of their autograph on something or in in a book and then getting pictures with them. <sighs> the, the one that I thought was awesome is, is Scott Snyder in the picture with his family and kids with Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot at the same time. Yeah, that was crazy. I, did, I haven't seen anybody else get that picture. So, yeah, that was pretty uh, cool. Nobody else's with Scott Snyder. Exactly. So <laughs> he's he's doing big things, but um, yeah, if those kids of his don't think he's cool by now, what a bunch of uh, what a bunch of little kids, man, right? Because he was he said like, hopefully my kids think I'm cool now. I'm like, damn, like, yeah. What kind of standards do they hold for you? I mean, Gal was out there tickling little kids, hugging everybody, dude. Who who better could who nobody better could have. <laughs> Could have been casted as the role of Wonder Woman she's, in her. She's such a Wonder Woman. She's such a Wonder Woman. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, like if you go onto her uh, Instagram, you check videos. She's like getting on her, getting you know, she's getting right down at eye level with kids and like saying hi to them and hugging. Oh my god, it's just, she's amazing, dude. And I think another thing that's pretty cool about this is you see Cavill and her committing to the fans and the role. So I mean, it's I it's doubtful they're not coming back. Well, yeah. for sure is coming back, and then they've been talking. They're about, embracing all the opportunity that they're getting from yeah. appearances to interviews, everything. So it's safe to say that we'll get a little more of them at least in the DCEU, and hopefully more than just a film each from them, because um, everyone loves both of them. You know, I, I, they're perfect. So, regardless of what happens with Ben, we talked about that on Thursday. Um, whether it be John Hamm or whoever, I think that hopefully whoever steps in is able to kind of transition, you know, um, flawlessly with the rest of the cast because, damn, man, I, I would hate to lose either of them for those roles. Um, another cool thing. Uh, well, I we was know. watching... Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Okay, I was watching, uh, before I went to the shop today, I was watching a live stream uh, on Neil Adams' page from Ache Comic Con. <laughs> and uh, so his wife, Marilyn, was holding the phone just uh, kind of streaming as uh, Neil signing stuff and talking to people, but then uh, anytime there was a, a lull in the activity, they would take questions from people in the stream. Oh, nice. So somebody asked Neil what he thought of the Inhumans show. 
<laughs> the dude is so blunt. He's like, Inhumans? Well, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went into uh, talking about, you know, the, the various things that he likes and dislikes about the different movies and the shows. I uh, said that, you know, Marvel knocks it out of the park with the movies and DC has uh, kind of the, the market cornered on the, on the TV shows and the animation. Mm. And, uh, it got onto the topic of the movies overall. And he said that of all the comic book movies coming out, he thinks the best, the very best one was Wonder Woman. Mm. I, I find it hard to believe that anyone would probably disagree with that. Even the Marvel heads would have to probably. I mean, I've, I saw every, I saw all these Marvel heads who hate every DC movie. Every, all of them embraced Wonder Woman, and it's just she's so fucking charming. Like it's impossible to like dislike her. You know what I mean? I was watching one of their uh, latest um, Instagram stories on her page. And uh, it was this little kid that was coming up to get his picture with her, and he just starts clapping at her oh, for yeah. like ten seconds straight. <laughs> yeah. it's possibly the cutest thing I've seen all week. He's super excited, that kid. And and, and you've got little baby legends around there. Yeah, I mean, she probably would. So that's saying same, a lot. But that was that was like right spot on. Yeah, that kid that nailed it. Parent. <laughs> kid nailed it. So uh, another cool thing that was that was cool to see is Cavill uh, leading up to it. Um, was announcing that he was going to have this art con- or this art competition, not a competition, but basically a giveaway where he was going to hide over thir- about thirty pieces of original art all around the convention, and uh, it, they were all signed by him and um, done by like the top artists. So there was, there was an Alex Ross piece, there was a Patrick Gleason piece, Fabric, uh, Jim Lee, Jim Lee, Lee uh, Tony Daniel, yeah, <laughs> so. That was yeah, awesome. and like these guys all did uh, all did a few of them. So and then yeah, they were just hidden all over the con. Yeah. And then how did it work? I think if you found one, you got to report to him or report. Maybe it told you where to report, but then you got like this limited edition like Superman coin, and then got to meet up with with Henry for like a Q and A or something. You get a personal, yeah, you get like this VIP Q and A, which is nuts. So, I mean, that just goes to show, man, like, this guy is 100%, he wants to be Superman, he doesn't want to stop being Superman. Yeah. You know, if, if this, I'm pretty upset one of us wasn't on the scene at this event. We were just saying that. We were, yeah. We were just talking about that earlier, how, like, why, like, damn it, we didn't, like, we, I think there's a lot going on in the last couple of weeks, it's the holidays coming up, and, um, it, you know, we've all been busy, and we just did not think twice about this con. And, and I saw that they're they're doing one in Arizona um, in January, and I was hoping it was going to be the same lineup, but it looks more Marvel related. So I was pretty bummed. I was like, "Fuck, I could definitely make it to that Arizona one." Yeah, but it's and there are a lot of cons now, so it's when there's a con every weekend, it can be easy to overlook a con that you've never heard of before. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's but this so many con had like ones. it had the Justice League, almost the entire yeah. Justice League. This is like one that you didn't want to miss. Yeah, but where did it come from? I mean, like, I've never heard of Ace Comic Con. I've I've never heard of it either, but once I saw the lineup, that's why I was taking screenshots and, like, putting them in the group chat. Like, man, look at how much. 500 bucks you get this VIP package for Gal. You know, I wonder how much of it is, too, where um, DC and Warner Brothers collectively were like, all right, well, you know, it's we're hot off of the Justice League, so what can we do to continue getting, like, fan waves 
right. interest. And it's probably what happened is what cons are coming up right after the release or right around the release that we could just keep feeding and, and you know getting getting that buzz with fans. This is that's so smart, dude. Like, how do you get more butts butts in the seats? Is you put Superman and Wonder Woman out out on the street and basically get people to go see it. That's a win for DC and Marvel. I mean, DC and and uh, and Warner Brothers in that sense. But um, man, and imagine imagine if like that was just you know, it was just going to be a regular con, you know, and then they uh, they get told by DC just like, hey, we want to use your con to uh, to help uh, do some promotion and stuff. So how's about we send uh, the Justice League to appear at your con and, yeah, <laughs> and promote it nutty and sometimes stuff just happens that way it's like right place right time and right. you know you get the right backing from the right people and all of a sudden you got henry cavill you know doing q a's and picture opportunities at your convention it's nuts another thing um which is kind of you know basically um wonder not WonderCon. i'm sorry la comic-con it used to be called stan lee's kamikaze but now it's called like officially los angeles comic-con that started out as just like a couple who were like, we like going to conventions, let's just do one in L.A. And it started out super tiny, like seven years ago. And they said that they just like cold called uh, Stan Lee to try and see if he'd be interested in getting involved. And it worked. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to be involved. I'll sponsor it. And then it became Stan Lee's Kamikaze. And now it's officially just Los Angeles Comic Con. But I mean, yeah, it's like just who knows what happens or how things can blow up. But that's just kind of an example of like, if you're out there doing stuff, things can happen. So, very jealous of that Nash cat and uh, the opportunity. Talk about had. moving to New York at the right place, right Damn, time. Damn, right? <laughs> Man. Yeah, like what? Like a week three? <laughs> Here's a giant con for you. And then, yeah, I mean, like, literally, she's getting some bucket list items checked off. Kevin Conroy, um, Scott Snyder, you know, Neil Adams, just people that. I don't know. I don't know if, what big uh, cons are in Louisiana, but probably not the opportunities that you get if you're on the east or west coast. So and and Fabic, who doesn't really go to a lot of cons. <sighs> yeah, Fabic. Yeah, man. It's um, it's a whole scene over there right now at Ache Comic Con. But uh, all right. Well, as as more info comes out, we'll probably be able to talk about it again on Thursday, considering that it's only what day? Today's day three of it, probably day two. You got another day to go tomorrow, but uh, all right, let's roll into the books, yeah. Yeah. So, um, real quick before we do that, um, let's—if you guys enjoy listening to Bad Force Radio, go on to uh, iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating, um, tell us if you love us, tell us if you hate us, and uh, if you listen to us on SoundCloud, go ahead and subscribe to us there. Legends, you were saying that you just discovered that people could comment on specific moments of the episode. Uh, I think it was uh, Bat Force Times who noticed that um, oh. if you go on SoundCloud, uh, kind of like what they do with music, if there's certain parts in the podcast or like of a song, uh, somebody can go on there and add a comment, uh, you know, a thought about the the episode or a thought about the certain chorus in the song or stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So basically, I could go in there and every time the trunkler speaks... I could leave a comment that says, yeah. <laughs> Technically, yeah, that, he's so. right. Yeah. So. I, I think that's what it's for, actually. <laughs> I really hope that Ace Comic Con comes to California. Yeah, it, it'll be nice if if it becomes a thing like you can watch the announcements for one con and know that 
it'll that it kind of reflects what you're going to get at your local version. Because that's what I do for uh, Fan Expo, because uh, they do the Dallas one first. Mm-hmm. So I watch the names that they announce for that, and it's a really good sign that they'll because I you know they. I'm sure they uh, contract all the uh, all the people appearing for both. You know, it's part of how they sign them up. Cause they announced Frank Miller a couple of years ago for Dallas. And it's, mm-hmm. Ooh, yes, yes, come on, they're going to announce him for Toronto, and then they did, and it's it's been that for and that's most. The same part, company that does both of those. Yeah, yeah, Fan Expo Toronto, Fan Expo Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a Vancouver one as well. Yeah, that's that, that's why I was hoping when I looked on their website at the Arizona event that they have coming up i was like please let let it be the same people and then it's more like marvel related yeah uh, a have... fan expo would actually be uh you know if you're looking to do a canada trip do a fan expo sometime because it's, it's a massive con they get everybody like last last year you saw the lineup uh, at the last one like snyder capullo king fabric uh adam hughes like everybody you could think of was there and uh, your money is worth a ton over here. <laughs> what? Uh, that's where Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Toronto is a Toronto is a big city. Yeah, say and, uh, it's and like it's a LA. massive con too. Uh, I think they say it's the third biggest con in North America. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. So it's probably right after San Diego and uh, New York. What? Uh, what month is it in? Uh, they do it on. Uh, Labor Day weekend over here, so it's the tail end of August, so like the final day or two of August, and the first day or two of uh, September. And uh, the hotel that we stay at is where most of uh, the guests for the show stay at, so you spend the weekend bumping into people. Yeah, that's a, that's a good like I've, I've got pictures like from over the years. I have pictures just from sitting in the the hotel bar or the hotel restaurant. Yeah, just taking sneaky pictures because over at the next table is Mads Mickelson, or over at the next table is Charlie Cox, or just, just there's uh, yeah, there's people all over the place. So yeah, what we, we uh, starting off with? We are covering uh, the books for, like I said before, December the thirteenth, Wednesday, and uh, Detective Comics draft, and it's Detective number nine seventy, I believe, right? And that is correct. It is uh, continuing um, more of the storyline of Tinian is Tinian has really been introducing, or not introducing, but really building Tim as a bigger part of the Bat Family, and also just as a bigger part of the DC uh, universe. I think is what he mentioned in a couple of interviews, and we're definitely seeing that because uh, it feels like this book pretty much centers around him now. And um, yeah. you know, he was the one that was kind of like the the lead in the last storyline with uh, where it kind of crossed over with the, the Oz effect from the Superman stories and um, being lost in kind of this like alternate side reality and coming back and seeing kind of what was going on there. So basically what happened in this issue is he's back. Uh, there's been a fallout from Tim bats as legends like to say from the future. So there was a alternate future that occurred. They don't exactly tell you what happened, but Tim Drake t- takes up the mantle of Batman, and a um, couple issues go going back. There's a lot of uh, fighting between the Bat Family and this um, Batman because he was trying to kill Batwoman basically for ruining the future. Uh, and in this issue, he's kind of having these flashbacks of interacting and kind of being haunted by the things that he told him um, about his 
current reality and how he needs to cherish it because it's not going to be ever the same and that kind of thing. And yeah, because he, he even he even got uh, a bit of an ass whooping from his future self. Yeah, and I think uh, it mentioned we talked about it that one issue, but Tim Bats from the future says that he's been training for fifteen years how to fight yeah. against each Bat family member in their prime. So oh. it was it literally took the whole Bat family to take him down because uh, and he, and they didn't really succeed. No, he he took off like he was in the cave and he put a whooping on all of them and then left. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a, a pretty nutty ride in this in this uh, title, and um, I don't know about you guys, but I've had an asshole of spoiler. Um, she's literally, you know, using her name uh, to become what she is, but she's just just spoiling everything, and she hates uh, what the Bat family has become, and she's hate kind of what Batman represents, and she doesn't see it as kind of like a, a vehicle for good anymore. But the way she kind of sees it is like Batman and and the Bat family are kind of like like um fascists i guess right where uh they're you know bending to nobody else's will but their own and they they feel that what they're doing is right and everybody else is wrong so she kind of dislikes that and she's kind of been on this this like uh crusade against them to the point where i think uh tim calls her out in this issue for filming uh something what was going on and like leaking it which is just, it's crazy so so tim calls her out on that and a lot of developments going on at the same time where um, Clayface is trying to be um, cured by the, uh, Leslie Dr. Tompkins. October. Is, is that supposed to be Leslie Tompkins? No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's going to say Yeah, I was because Tim yeah. mentions Tompkins for something else. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, uh, he, he, he wanted October Tompkins for, like, so drive-by bat ambulances. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Which is, yeah, so he, okay, so before that, so he kind of comes out of this dream that he's having. He's not getting any sleep. He says that he's only slept, like, micro naps he's like kramer now all of a sudden so he's only taking like 20 minute naps like every hour instead of uh, sleeping. Thanks, thanks for that now i just pictured tim redesigning the belfry into levels yeah. it's all about the levels oh my god so he's like not sleeping and he's going nuts and uh one thing that he starts mentioning he's got all these ideas for how to make uh, the Bat family stronger, or the team, rather. He wants to expand the team uh, to include the Birds of Prey now. Um, and he's considering, uh, like you said, t- getting Leslie Tompkins as kind of like their personal like ambulance to kind of cruise around. And he's basically wanting the police force to uh, respond to smaller crimes, and they're going to do the big stuff. And he's got all these ideas for it. But, um, but yeah, then it cuts over to Clayface and kind of says what's going on. You guys want to pick up what's going on with him? Yeah, so Clayface has been working with, uh, I believe her name October. is Victoria, um, Victoria October, right? Yeah. Um, she's kind of working on getting him a cure so that uh, he's not able to transform anymore. Clayface is kind of going back and forth on the idea because he feels that even though he, even if he does get cured, he's still going to have to live with the memories of hurting the people that he's hurt or killed the people that he's killed. So he's kind of been seeing... Uh, his old friend, uh, I think her name is Glory, in yes. uh, in uh, Arkham, kind of kind of telling her, "Hey, I'm working with this doctor. Um, she might have a cure. I wanna I wanna cure you too." And then she's basically saying, "No, I don't want the cure. I want to uh, stay the way I am, so that you always remember basically what you did to me." So he's kind of like struggling on whether he should get cured or not, and then. Uh, um, What's her name has been there for him, kind of helping him 
get through it talking to him. Uh, kind of thing uh, right now. Um, so she said she's going to need a couple of days basically to uh, work out the cure. Um, and then uh, after talking to Cass, he goes to the jail to speak to Glory one last time to try to tell her to take the cure. But she's still not going for it. And then uh, that's when it kind of like goes sideways with the whole uh, syndicate showing up. And um, they've kind of been popping in and out of uh, the last couple of arcs. And if anybody's unfamiliar with them, it's essentially they're like they were people who were affected by Batman fighting the rogues and being exposed to like all these different rogues with whatever genetic you know malformations they had. They because they were exposed yeah. to the fights, they then took on like the similar traits of like. Um, so she's basically kind of like Clayface. Um, and there's yeah, a her her uh, her alias is Mudface. Yeah, pretty nutty. What's going on there? And then um, there's also a, a Batwoman uh, kind of storyline progressing with um, the fact that she was kind of being attacked by uh, Tim Drake in the future as Batman. It kind of has her dad kind of coming back around um, and trying to get involved, and she really doesn't want to have a part of it. But um, it's always kind of going back and forth with that relationship and how she's kind of struggling. She doesn't really want any relationship to do with her dad, but her dad also notices that he wants to help uh when he knows that she's kind of being threatened. Um, so it's pretty cool. And then also there's uh, these um, cyborg assassins, right? That they're kind of uh, worried about and trying to figure out what's going on there. And uh, there's yeah, a pretty... that's, uh, they come into play where uh, Tim was calling out Steph for giving away their secrets because all of these robots, uh, are mimicking members of the Bat family, the way they fight and the way they move and everything. So that's where this footage that someone has taken of them uh, came into play. Right. Someone leaked the footage. Um, It's been going around, I think, to several different villain organizations, according to um, uh, General Kane. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Tim accuses Steph of leaking the footage. Um, And, of course, Steph gets mad and tries to, like, make him look like the bad guy, um, just like a bad girlfriend would. <laughs> but then she has him uh, bring up some of the code for the, uh, you know, the, the files that he has, and she notices in, uh, like, she sees in the code that it was actually Lonnie. Uh, she's right. blaming for it. Mm. It was anarchy, yeah. Yeah. So, which, you know, she should have never gotten involved in the beginning in the first place, so. But, uh, what's crazy too is that there's a message that um, uh, Colonel Kane plays at near near the middle of the issue when he's kind of talking to Batwoman, and it's from Tim Drake saying that he has like a place for her father amongst like the team, um, which you wouldn't have thought that that would happen. So that's kind of left up in the air too, as far as like what might happen in the future, which is interesting because he created uh, what was that group? That he basically used a military, he basically like made a military out of uh, the concept of Batman, and yeah. kind of made like mercenaries out of him. Yeah, that was what two, two or three story arcs back. Yeah, right. The, the colony, right? The colony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. even after him starting the colony and creating that, like that, that ruckus, um, Tim for some reason still thinks that he's good and, and worthy of kind of having amongst the team. So it's gonna get pretty weird as it goes on. But it was a pretty sweet issue. I mean, um, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening, and uh, Tim is, he kind of looked off this this issue. So he's obviously not 100% because of everything that happened, and that's kind of what 
Stephanie is explaining, it's like, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to admit that maybe you need a break from all this, but um, Tim very... And she was, she was also uh, pissed off at him because he had been lying and he withdrew from going to, right. uh, to college to keep doing this shit. Yeah, he quit. He quit college. Dropped out. But uh, it's been, I mean, it's a sweet, sweet uh, book. I would recommend anybody pick up um, Detective Comics. But you definitely have to read the last couple of issues to get this one. I think if you just kind of pick it up and um, not really familiar with what's been going on the last several arcs, you're going to be a little lost. So I would recommend um, checking out the Victim Syndicate, um, the Colony, and uh, I, I can't remember what the arc was with uh, Tim Bats, but crossing over. Uh, that was uh, A Lonely Place for Living. There you go. So if you if you rock those three, you should be all right with this issue. But I mean, it's a good issue. Uh, Tynion knows how to comic book, so no no complaints there. Tynion's um, really good at having several storylines within one, and then kind of tying them all up in the end. I can't yeah, put a nice I, put a nice little bow on it and hand deliver the gift on Christmas. You know, there's literally three tying in. A, a no, little three tying in. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good with the tying in. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of like he he keeps calling back to other storylines and arcs, and it's not like. He just you can tell he's not writing an arc just because he's running out of ideas and just wants to have like a three issue arc to have something. He's putting everything together because at some point it's all going to line up and it's all going to interconnect. And it you could totally tell that he's building up to something big. And uh, it's pretty cool to see that, you know, um, not everyone's doing that right now. Like You can kind of take um, other writers right now, for example, that aren't really trying to build anything that huge, but he's the type of dude that likes doing that. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, next book that we probably have is uh, Action Comics. And uh, this one is number 990. Oh, man, it's only seven issues away from issue 1000. So uh, Action Comics 993. Is this the second week or the first week that... Uh, second week. This is the second week where it's the change of uh, logo on the books. And it looks really sweet at this point. Um, yeah, I love the way it looks. And uh, like uh, the the detective issue that we just did, uh, that's uh, maybe the first issue where the tag on the cover really works uh, with the cover itself. You know, the the color schemes uh, work together, and it it all it all flows. Yeah, for sure. I, I know a lot of people hate the new tags, but uh, I, I think they look good. I haven't heard that many people that hate it. I know we put a post about it, and I I, I mean, yeah, I. Th- I think uh, the majority of people on the, on the post liked it. They didn't hate it, but um, I, I know a lot of people that didn't like the Rebirth banner. Yeah. Because they... The Rebirth know, banner was cool definite... for a couple of arcs. After that, I was like, for the love of God, can we take away the banner? I was surprised yeah. that they kept it going for so long. Because it's almost been a year, hasn't it? Uh, I think it has been. Yeah. Uh, well, Either way, uh, it was, yeah. I was surprised at the fact that they... they they just kind of kept putting Rebirth on. And I guess it's a signifier and an easy way to get people to uh, locate what book they're supposed to get, you know? Because if you, if you get, you know, Batman and it doesn't have the Rebirth banner on it, you're not getting the right one, I guess. But um, I, I kind of like this a little bit better because it's kind of like an old school look. Plus, it's really kind of letting the cover do the talking and the art kind of go uninterrupted. So that's a good thing, too. And uh, issue of uh, Action Comics 993 is a continuation of... Uh, a Superman story, essentially, where... I mean, everything's kind of having a fallout from the Oz effect. Um, so the last several story, this last several issues have been all about how Superman discovered that Oz was supposedly, allegedly, Jor-El. 
and that Jor-El had not died and uh, was doing all these horrible things. And so now he's trying to figure out, you know, is this really my father? Is this who I come from? I have to know. Last issue, um, he was in the Fortress of Solitude, and uh, Batman visited him and noticed that he was, like, working way too hard to figure this stuff out, and it was getting to him. He's avoiding his wife. He's avoiding his kid, neglecting him. And then at the very end of the issue, he figures the only way to figure out uh, what happened and if that really is Jor-El is to go and see if anybody else escaped the explosion of Krypton. Um, so he goes to the watchtower and he gets Barry's um, cosmic treadmill and he starts running on it and he kind of goes into the, uh, the speed force. And as he's doing that, um, Booster Gold shows up and Booster Gold kind of is like trying to warn him not to do it. And he's a little too late. So the very end of the last issue ends with Booster Gold. And it kind of picks up this issue with him explaining uh, a little bit of why he was there and um, essentially what's going on. So he's kind of he shows up and he's in the watchtower and he sees the treadmill and he's kind of tinkering with it. And then Flash shows up. So. Uh, cause, yeah, because uh, he starts reasoning with Skeets that uh, if they look through the history on the treadmill, they can figure out where ex- when and where Superman went and they can follow him and try to make sure he doesn't fuck anything up. Yeah, and, and uh, Flash shows up, and he's done too pleased that people are messing with the cosmic treadmill, right? Um, At least of all booster goals. Yeah, and he, and he says just as much. He talks shit. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's when I was reading this, when I, like, just the tone of it, um, the, the transitions, it, for some reason for me, it felt like, damn, this really, not in a bad way, but it feels like I'm reading a 90s Superman book. Like yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. So I found that some of the uh, some of the dialogue and some of the looks of things, yeah, it, it did feel like that. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, because Jurgens is writing it, so I mean that's he's that's where he made his stamp. I think is during that time, and and specifically with like the Superman titles. Um, but it's I liked it. I thought it was cool. I was like, man, this feels like I'm reading, you know, a book right after the death of Superman or right after the return of Superman and. Um, Booster, I mean, Booster Gold and Flash in the Superman comic is pretty awesome in itself. We got Batman last time, so I love how he's peppering different characters to kind of, uh, you know, uh, interact with Superman. And, um, the you know, the story continues on where it shows what happened with Superman, where he is, and he's kind of, you know, flowing through the Speed Force and uh, seeing all these kind of flashes of alternate timelines and... Um, seeing what's going on with him, and he sees Krypton, and it's it's still there, and it hasn't blown up, and he has these visions of his parents, um, who look different. I mean, his mom looks straight out of the '80s in in this splash page right here, where she's got like the big earrings and the big hair, and uh, Jor El's got the beard going on, and then he notices that, you know, there's this new future that he's kind of seeing where his family's still alive and working with Zod, so he's kind of, like, tripped out, like, what the hell's going on? My dad and Zod working together? And then he actually lands on the planet, right? Yeah, he gets in there, and uh, so he starts exploring around. He doesn't want to reveal himself to anyone until he, you know, figures out exactly what's going on. But then he stumbles on uh, on his dad talking with Zod. Yeah, he starts to, uh, you know, get two out there, you know, like, he, he's basically walking up right behind them. So then Booster shows up and tells him to keep his stupid ass hidden. <laughs> but uh, they're kind of too late. It's so rad that like it's basically almost like a 50% Booster Gold story at this point where he's just in yeah. all of it. Um, 
and then it kind of cuts back to the Daily Planet and uh, um, <laughs> where John uh, John is talking to who is he talking to? Is it I don't know who he's talking to, but he's talking to Booster Gold's biggest fan, right? Yes. Oh, I thought Booster Gold's biggest fan was. Uh, oh, never mind. Never mind. Booster Gold. <laughs> Booster Gold. Booster Gold's his own biggest fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, the dude's office is decked out with like action figures and posters and everything, and he's trying to explain to him like why Booster Gold's so awesome and all this stuff. Yeah, essentially, uh, what's a big, huge revelation in this is that uh, John doesn't really, uh, John Kent doesn't really know who his uh, mother's family is. Uh, General Lane hasn't really kind of made any appearance in any of his life, and he overhears uh, Perry White in the next room talking to his mom about the fact that um, their father, or Lois's father, General Lane, uh, kind of led this, like, uh, mission and was captured, and um, the, the United States, what they've done is is uh, they didn't put him on the record as far as, like, having anything to do with the uh, mission, so because he's being held captive and he's being ransomed by these terrorists, they're not going to do anything, meaning that they're going to kill him. They're going to execute him publicly. Um, so that's something that they kind of learn, and John hears that and realizes that. And so that's kind of a big thing. So that'll probably come into play later on. Um, and then again, it just kind of goes back to Booster and Superman running around on uh, Krypton. And um, then Superman realizes that uh, he's got no powers because he's not on Earth, the dumbass. And... <laughs> I mean, how could he forget that? So that's kind of a funny plot point where um, I think he's just so overwhelmed with all the things that he's seen that when he goes down to Krypton, um, they get spotted. Him and Booster Gold get spotted by the security guards, and they think they're spies, and they start shooting at him. And then uh, that's kind of where the issue ends. He kind of leaves it up in the air with what's going to happen to them. But Superman is on Krypton, which hasn't blown up for some reason. So we don't know if it's like a different reality, a different, you know... Um, a different alternate Earth, or if it's the actual Earth, and, and, you know, he never, Krypton never really blew up, and he was just made to believe that, but when they go back into the Green Lantern archives, it definitely shows a planet about to blow up, but, um... I think that, uh, I think what really blew up was Alderaan, and he just, you know, <laughs> was made to believe that it was Krypton. Yeah. You got, uh, you, you got some fake news. For sure. I'm wondering, too, like, how much this is going to have into play with Doomsday Clock, because obviously Superman is the big um, the big DC character that's kind of uh, crossing over with uh, the Watchmen universe, so... I think this whole Oz thing is going to play in big time with Doomsday Clock. Probably. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and I think uh, the Batman's uh, run is going to jump in there, too. Remember back in issue one, when that plane gets shot down over Gotham? Yeah. And then uh, later in the issue, we see the guy on the roof that shot down the plane gets mm. shot in the back of the head by someone else. Mm. And uh, that someone who shot the guy in the head says something long, along the lines of, mind the clock, Batman. Mind the clock, Batman. Yeah. Exactly. Least, that's, he, that's what I believe he sounded like. And he kind of <laughs> looks like he was either bald or he's wearing like a mask, right? Yeah, something. Like that. Very rounded mm. head. I didn't see any hair. So you kind of, we were kind of speculating who that could be. I think someone said uh, the comedian, but um, I mean, if it's the current watch, if it's the Watchmen universe is the way it was, the comedian's dead. But you know, with comics, no one's ever really dead, dead. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I this issue of Action Comics was cool. Like again, like we're saying, it sounds like everything's going to start crossing over. The Oz effect is definitely having a huge effect on uh, the DC universe in general and the comics. So. That was uh, a good issue, and, and um, 
Uh, I mean, like I've said it every week that we cover a Superman or Action Comics book, but I mean, like it's so not surprising, but it's just so it's so great to see that you're enjoying a Superman storyline as much as maybe a Batman storyline, and it's always awesome to see other members, you know, lower tier members of um, whether it's the Justice League or whatever it might be coming and showing up, like the Flash and Booster Gold, especially. Uh, characters that kind of don't get the love that they probably many fans think they deserve. Um, so that's one thing that kind of rebirth hinted at is that a lot of these characters that were kind of getting left out of the New Fifty Two are going to get some more love. So um, it's probably what we're going to be seeing. But yeah, um, it's not uh, one of the massive weeks we've been used to. Uh, I did kind of dive in cold to issue five of Gotham City Garage. Gotham City Garage, I believe it's pronounced. But okay, Garage. Uh, Legend, yeah. did you read this? I did not, but after you made that comment in the group chat earlier, I just kind of went over the art. Okay. And uh, I saw uh, how how Batman was looking, and he looked pretty badass. So I definitely want to go back and read yeah. the first five issues. Did you Did you read uh, Did you flip through this last issue? Yeah, the newest issue. I just flipped through the art of that. Okay, so uh, I mean, we're you don't you, we don't mind if we get into the little spoilers here, but because I kinda no, wanna, I, I yeah, don't yeah. I don't mind. And if you guys are listening too, we're gonna we're gonna spoil it. So go ahead and go back and read all of Gotham City Garage if you don't want this spoiled. But essentially, um, I hadn't been keeping up with it either, just because the concept of the book didn't really didn't really speak to me in general. Just as far as like, um, like it's what is it what is how would you describe this kind of like. Uh, not pin up. But, well, it, uh, yeah, it's it seems like I if if I remember correctly, I think the series actually spun out of the Gotham City Garage statues that have been coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the concept, just like much like the bombshell ones, you know, the the line right. of bombshell statues were coming out, and then that led to the to the bombshell. Oh, I, comic. so those statues came out before this comic was even introduced. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah the yeah, yeah. the. The statues have been coming out for a few... Like, I think the Catwoman one came out, like, years. two years ago or so. <clears throat> oh, my God. You guys are going to hate me right now. This is a little off-topic, but we're talking statues. You're going to hate me right now. Oh. You have you have three of them? No, no, Ready no, to no, ship no. out? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Nothing like that. Nothing like... Unfortunately, what I'm going to mention is not having something in my hands, which I could have <laughs> come home with. But, so I'm at Frankenstein's today, right? And uh, the whole, the whole um, mission was... Um, you know, I, we saw how um, Sideshow was gracious enough to uh, send over an Arkham Knight figure, right? And, uh, you know, uh, Bat Force Times really wanted that one, so we sent it along over to him. And then um, seeing just the pictures of him online and seeing seeing that Arkham Knight figure, you know, I was like, I gotta get I gotta get one, you know, I really want one. Plus, I got the Joker on pre-order, so I'm getting Joker. Kind of wanted to have the Batman to go with him, right? So yesterday's payday comes and goes, and... Um, Got a little bit of a Christmas bonus, so I'm like, all right, sweet, you know, definitely uh, have a little bit of extra uh, cash to kind of throw my way. So I go down there, and um, I'm looking around, and I had to go with the, I was looking for that one, but then I saw the Sideshow uh, one-sixth exclusive uh, Joker. And that Joker's been on my list for like two years, because uh, the exclusive comes with the Laughing Fish. Oh, yeah. It always bumps it up like 50 to 100 bucks just for the two laughing fish. See? Little baby legend knows what I'm talking about. She's laughing at the laughing fish. And um, so, I mean, it's it always, you know, I think it, it retails for like 250 but I always see it, the exclusive with the laughing fish for like 300 to like sometimes even up to like 380 Like just ridiculous numbers. Holy shit. And yeah, it's just so stupid. And so, like, I'm, you know, walking around and I see it. I see the box and it says. 
uh, Joker 1-6 side show exclusive. And I'm like, no way. So I asked the dude, he pulls it down, he opens it up, it shows me, and sure enough, the laughing fish are in there. And I'm like, how much How much is this guy? And he's like, oh, uh, he looks at his phone, and he looks it up, uh, $250. i am like, what? And so I go on eBay, and I check, and sure enough, the prices are dropping. So I don't know what happened, but I saw another I saw another one on eBay for two seventy five, the exclusive, and it's usually never that low. And I was like, oh, it's legit. Like I don't know what's going on. All right, whatever. I'm not gonna ask questions. So I snagged it, and as I'm walking around, uh, you're just going to the different booths at Frank's. I go to this guy who recently bought up a collection, right? So he bought somebody's Batman collection, and I hadn't seen it yet. So I go over and I'm looking, and I see in the case, and I have no more cash left on me. But I see a jock, black and white, Dick Grayson. Oh. And I'm like, hey, man, how much for that jock? And he looks over, and he's looking at it, and he goes, um, 70 bucks. No way. Oh, I was like, oh, I had no more cash on me. I had to go Oh, it. man. So first thing, I think either Wednesday or Saturday, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to hope it's still there. But uh, I really hope about... they come out with that black and white action figure. Of of the jock, yeah, of the jock. Uh, well, I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah, that way you yeah, have the statue. Yeah, the the first three figures come out uh, January, maybe. Ooh, wow. Okay, so I, don't, uh, I don't have any of the black and the whites, but I might be uh, none of them. You don't nope, have any of them. I don't, I don't have not one because I told oh, myself if I get it, yeah. yeah, if I get one, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna become a huge problem, and yeah, they just break really easily. I'd rather just not dive into that realm of collectibles. I, I, I did the same thing for the longest time, but I was gifted the Capullo one. And after I was gifted the Capullo one, I was like, oh, my God. And then after that, I uh, I think I got uh, the Alex Ross after that. And then um, the I had the second edition of the um, uh, Kelly Jones. And then I was able to find the first edition of it. And then, you know, I've, I've been lucky with a couple of the rare ones that, here and there. So... Um, but that jock, man, that's that's one of the beauty pieces right there for sure. The closest Anyways, I've come was... to buying one has been the uh, Norm Brayfogle. So, oh, clo- yeah. so close to getting that one. I still may get it eventually, but that I'm trying to so nice. I'm trying to stay away from the black and whites as, as long as I can. That Brayfogle is amazing, and I don't think it's come out yet. But the Becky Cloonan has that one come out yet? Oh, that one's that, been a little while. That cape is nutty on that one. So that's that's if you if anybody collects black and whites you got to get that one that one's just nice. Becky Cloonan is I love Becky Cloonan too. She does amazing art and she's a a huge metalhead too. So she does a lot of uh, prints for bands and she does a lot of like tour posters for bands. So it's really cool to see. Um, but kind of getting getting back to Gotham City Garage. Yeah. So Gotham City Garage essentially started as a concept for a statue line first a couple of years ago. And uh, I remember at the press event in San Diego for DC Collectibles, um, the writers of the book, the writers and I maybe maybe the artist of the book um, were there and they were being interviewed at the press event. And uh, Jim Fletcher actually has a big hand in the book. And um, he's one of the number two one. He's one of the two top guys over at DC Collectibles. So that that's their project. Basically, DC Collectibles is kind of. Um, that's their this this book is their baby. So apologies for not du- jumping into it before, but again, like it's a you know it's a kind of like an Elseworlds kind of uh, feel where it's very like you know garage like grungy looking um, like Harley and and Catwoman you know they got tattoos and they they look like biker girls and uh, 
Um, it's kind of looks like a different kind of, you know, Gotham and that kind of thing. But, um, like I said, I think what caught my eye specifically this issue number five, actually what caught my eye before was Robin, you put up a post where I think Batman first got introduced, I think issue two. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you grabbed a, you grabbed an issue of it cause I think Batman was on the cover of it yeah. and I just assumed that Batman was not going to be in this book. Because uh, the way they kind of pitched it um, was mainly like uh, sirens, and, and I think Wonder Woman is a part of it too. But um, I just, you know, Batman really wasn't going to be a part of it, whatever. But then you you put up that post where obviously he's on the cover, so I'm like, oh, maybe he is in the book. But then I was still kind of like, maybe he's not in that much of the book. But then this issue kind of again, like I thought about the issue that you put up. I thought about the fact that I think Batman's on this cover too. So I started flipping through it, and then boom, I'm like, holy shit. This is crazy. Um, what's kind of going on with Batman? So, Robin, you want to kind of go over what you read in this issue? Yeah, so, uh, like I said, I was uh, just jumping into it with this issue. Uh, I hadn't read anything besides uh, perusing issue one a little bit. So uh, I was kind of picking things up as as I went along with this one. Uh, so the issue is basically... Uh, I guess this world's Barbara Gordon and Kara and they're, they've been separated and are writing letters to each other. Wow. Uh, so we find out that the reason that they've been, uh, separated is that, uh, Jim Gordon has been murdered and, uh, Kara was being blamed for it. And, you know, everything was saying that, you know, there's, there's evidence of, there's video evidence of her doing it. And, uh, Batman, who is just, just called the bat in this. So I don't even know if this is actually, uh, if this is actually Bruce or not, you know, who this, who this bat actually is, who seems to be working, uh, with the government, uh, some sort of, uh, like, uh, Lex Luthor is, you know, the, the head of the government, it seems, in this world. Again? Yep. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Kara's in hiding because she's been blamed for it and had to, to take off without Barbara. So they're writing letters to each other. Uh, Kara's letter is saying, is, you know, to Barbara saying, I, I know you hate me, you think I'm a killer. And Barbara's is basically telling, saying, uh, I tried hating you, but I can't. I just miss you, blah, blah. And we start learning throughout it. Uh, Barbara hacks into uh, security footage and finds evidence that this is what we, I think we all saw while flipping through it, that Batman or the Bat is actually the one who killed Jim Gordon. And then he set... <laughs> Uh, Kara up to take the blame for it. So she's being hunted and, and had to go hide out. So she's hiding out at uh, the Gotham City garage with all those girls. The Gotham City garage. As yes. Say. Yeah, that, that that little tidbit alone is, has captured my attention, so I'll definitely be reading from now on. Um, and not just killed him, but he snaps his fucking neck, right? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty brutal. It's it's just a, a single shot of him just holding him by the neck, and he says, "I think he says, I'm glad I only have to kill one Gordon tonight." And just damn, snaps. 
Yeah, I, it immediately took me back to the the shot or the scene in uh, Batman vs Superman where he's in the you know the nightmare scene where he's snapping necks there, kind of reminiscent of that. But except it's Jim Gordon. So I remember just flipping through it, seeing that, and I'm like, whoa, what is going on? Um, so yeah. So uh, the the issue finishes uh, with after Barbara finds that information, she sends out a message to Kara that she needs her help. So Kara shows up uh, to to get her out of the city, but they're both uh, before they can get away. The bat shows up to you know, to, to take both of them in, uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, he starts chasing them, and then there's a, a, a diversion is set up to distract him. So. He gets ordered off. He takes orders from this government. Uh, so he gets, you know, he takes orders that he has to forget about them for now and and go do uh, this more important thing that uh, that he's being instructed to do. But he's also put a tracker on their bike, so he'll be after him again soon. I love it when there's alternate kind of realities and universes. And I didn't think that this was really going to be a book that speaks to me, but it does now. And um Got to get it. Got to pick it up now, for sure. So that's uh, the big heavy hitter books, I think, for the week. But uh, other things that came out this week: Wonder Woman thirty six came out, and um, what's going on in that line right now is that uh, they're introducing uh, Wonder Woman's brother, um, who is basically hidden, and it's kind of showing the impact that he has. And I believe that um, Grail is uh, attempting to find him. So that way, Darkseid could suck up his essence and become become and grow stronger, similar to the way that Little Baby Legends, uh, I believe, eats food. Um, <laughs> so it just kind of cracks open whatever she's got and kind of takes it down. There she goes. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, Wonder Woman came out, uh, Titans came out, um, Suicide Squad as well. And uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, oh, man, I think one that we probably should have covered, but I, we just didn't, is Mr. Miracle, number five. Um, I think it's 12 issues, right? Yes. Is it eight? 12? Yeah, I believe I believe it's going 12 uh, the way he did his vision run. Cool. So um, if you guys are not reading uh, Mr. Miracle by Tom King, I want to say that I saw that it was, uh, it was uh, up for some awards, some end-of-the-year awards. Yeah, it's and, expected. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's been really cool. He writes Mr. Miracle in a very different way where it's almost kind of like a PTSD. Um, like this character basically was on Apocalypse and, you know, growing up in the slave pits and then being trying to tossed into this reality that he's in now and trying to live a normal life. And it's just kind of showing essentially what it's like to go through hell and then come back and try to live a life, you know, as a member of society. But your previous life is kind of continuously coming back to haunt you. And um, well, I think someone mentioned it last time, but Tom King is really good at humanizing characters. So these are superheroes, but he does an amazing job of making them human. And uh, Mr. Miracle is definitely a good example of that for sure. Justice League of America came out, uh, as well as Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, and uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. But, uh, I mean, we thought it was a light week, but it wasn't. It was just um, so metal issue number four. should be pretty awesome. And we've actually seen the the origin issue of the Batman who laughs at this point. So we know kind of who he is and, you know, what his motivation is and where he came from. And uh, that should come into play in this next issue of metal. So 
very excited to see that. And it was pretty cool to see Snyder at uh, Aceh Comic Con. Uh, it was the Guns N' Roses logo, but it was uh, uh, Appetite for Justice, I think. Oh, um, yeah. Yes, it's the Justice League, and it's Appetite for Justice, and so on the cross, instead of the skulls of Axel and Slash and Duff and all them, it was the Justice League, uh, each having their own skull. So that was pretty cool uh, that he was wearing that. So he's definitely loving to you know throw around metal. But, um, yeah, I mean, before we wrap it up, I want to just say uh, thank you to our friends over at DC Comics for uh, shooting over the books for us to be able to review and go over with everybody and um, basically just talk about and... Uh, um, once again, if you guys can hit us up on iTunes and SoundCloud, give us a, a rating and review. That would help us out. Any last thoughts, guys? Yeah, like we said, not not a big week as far as the books that are usually in our wheelhouse, but uh, still a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of good stuff out of our regular comfort zone to uh, to get sure. into. A big surprise was definitely Gotham City Garage. So I know. I'm coming away from this episode reading that for sure next week or the next couple of weeks whenever it comes out. So, little baby legends, anything from you? <laughs> it's bedtime pretty soon, little baby legends. All right. Let's hope. All right, so uh, that's that's basically it from us over at the Bat Force. We'll catch you guys on the other side, and uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll hear you soon. All right, later.